Blog Talk Radio. This is Saida Garrett, and I'm tuned in to Intro to Info with my girl, Makisha. You are listening to Intro to Info with your host, Makisha from D.C. That's me, open-minded, business-minded, spiritual, a little hood, and very nerdy and down-to-earth. And Queen of Hearts from Florida, she's so ladylike, family-oriented, quick-witted, and a real pillar in her community. On our platform, we discuss anything imaginable, but we talk a lot of pop culture, current events, and speak on our personal life experiences. We interview fantastic guests with unique stories, and Lord knows we just have organic fun. And check this out. If you want to join in on the fun, call in at 515-605-9376. We are live on Saturdays from 9 to 10 p.m. EST on the J. King Network. If you are an info for info, tune in to Intro to Info. Greetings, welcome, and salutations to everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Intro to Info. I'm your host, Makisha Best, broadcasting live from Washington, D.C. So glad that you could join us this evening, whether you are listening live or via the Archive podcast. Your listenership is sure enough appreciated. And um, we are here every Saturday from 9 until 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the J. King Network. We've been doing this for over... 11 years, and we still aim to find new people to talk to that do different things. And so I'm very excited to talk to our special guest today. You guys, we're on the J. King Network, and in addition to Intro to Info, there are other great shows on the network that I think that you should listen to. And if you feel moved, start your own podcast. Matter of fact, our special guest has one of her own. Can't wait to talk to her, as I said. But before we do that, Queen of Hearts, I see that you're on the line. Queen of Hearts helps me host this show. Hi, Queen, all the way in Florida. How you doing, girl? I am doing very well, blessed, dry, not floating. So <laughs> we doing good over here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Your husband's birthday is today. Do I have that correct? Yes, ma'am. Happy birthday, sir. Happy birthday from the Intro to Info family. Mm-hmm. Tell them we said that. So let's yeah. get started uh, speaking about our special guest today, Nick. We have a Vivian Williams on the show, and she's a trademark attorney. She specializes in helping businesses create legal assets to give their business a boost. Vivian, I'm going to take you off mute. Let's chop it up. I would love to pick your brain. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us an hour of your time this evening. Hi. Hi, everyone. How are you? <laughs> My name is, as you said, Vivian Williams, and I am a trademark attorney. I actually do a little bit of criminal law as well. Um, I started off in criminal defense as a public defender for about five years, and um, 
decided to listen to some of my friends and got into the trademark arena because I was in theater for seven years and um, thought, hey, you know, too many of my friends and others who were starting great podcasts or um, books and dances and stuff, and they just weren't getting the protection. And I was like, what can I do to help them? And intellectual property was a great place to go, and so here I am. Great. And I I would love to talk to you about um, the criminal law piece as well as the uh, trademark attorney piece. And, but I want to start with asking you, was it a difficult transition from one to the other? Yeah. <laughs> Should I say that out loud? Um, <laughs> uh, yes, because uh, criminal law and trademark law are civil and criminal. Um, so the rules are different. Um, when you file things are different kind of how you interact with your clients can be a lot different as well. Um, when you're in criminal law, you see your clients at their lowest, um, unfortunately at their worst. So that's a kind of different conversation to have than when you're working with people who are opening businesses. You know, it's a new time for them. It's an exciting time for most people. Um, it's, it's something that's really, really wonderful for them. And so those kind of uh, things were, were quite a bit of a stark difference. Um, but it, it was very, very interesting to be a part of. Wow. Well, that, that's very interesting, the way you described it that way, because you're seeing them uh, be that with uh, people's emotions are in two different places from one to the other. And so I know that you did theater because I listened to some of the other podcasts that you did. Wonderful, by the way. I love you. Let me, okay, let me do that for a second. You were just so, because the ones that you did uh, for the other hosts, you could see yourself, and you were just so smiling. You have a almost radiant energy about you that I picked up on right away. I said, oh, I can't wait to talk to her because I love to see that in people. <laughs> Some people have dark energies. Some people have, you know, in-between energies. But yours was, I mean, you were smiling, bright-eyed, the way that you uh, expressed yourself and the energy that you gave off. I could say it was early in the morning, and I, it was, you were waking me up. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see you. <laughs> oh, what? I got I to wake up a little bit more then. Y'all caught me on the <laughs> No, thank you so much. So, um, so, yeah, what you're talking about is as the law turns, crazy enough, okay, can I do long story-ish? Long story-ish. So during yes. the pandemic, I had a lot of my friends and even, like, mentees, you know, sometimes I get a little bit like, am I a mentor? I, you know, I haven't been in this this long. But um, I got a lot of them asking questions like, what it was to be a black lawyer, a black female lawyer, to be more specific, in the United States. And, you know, that's a unique perspective to very few people. And so I was like, I'm tired of kind of individually asking this question. Maybe I should, ask, you know, put this on like a, a, a Facebook live once and just sit down and kind of answer this question among a few other questions that I've been getting quite a bit. And so I called around and I met a new friend through Facebook and she was another female black attorney. And we were like, hey, if we just get five people on, we feel like we helped somebody. And so we got on, and crazy enough, not only did we get five people, we got live. That that one show was the first time either one of us had ever gone live on Facebook as well. We got like 50 people live through that show. And then the next thing we know, we kept getting hits and hits and hits on it, and it, it got up to like one 1,000 people or so. 
And we were like, oh, my God, I can't believe this many people have actually watched this. You know, we were like, this is, this is a cool thing. And um, she said, well, I think I'm going to start a show. And she was like, really? And I was like, yes, it'd be so great to do a show we can talk about and put more black legal faces out there, not even entirely attorneys, but just to say, hey, if you want to be anywhere near the legal profession, a legal assistant, a paralegal, a judicial clerk, a judicial intern, um, just kind of in the legal perspective to show that we really are here. And the first person I immediately thought of was the only black judge I was in front of um, as I was a public defender for like five years was um, Judge and um, Judge Don Fields. And I was like, you know what, we kind of we are two different sides of a coin. She's got a little more conservative personality, and I'm more, like, big and loud. I was like, this, this should work. This should work. And she just retired. And I called her up, and I was like, so you don't want to retire, do you? <laughs> and she was like, you got something for me to do. And I said, yeah, and you might not get paid that much, but <laughs> – it would be very fun, and she graciously said yes, and so we turned it into a YouTube um, podcast kind of like show, and we did it for a few years. Um, life kind of happened in the last couple months, so we slowed as of yet, but we are planning to come back. And basically, like I said, it was just to put out that we are here. Black attorneys are only 5% of the population of attorneys in the United States. 80-some-odd percent are white male, 80, like 80%, that's more than that, are white males, and then only 5% are black. The cut down between male and female is even starker as black women only make up roughly 2%. And I was like, Beth, we got to get more people in this field. We got to make this field look happier. We have to express, you know, like not every attorney stuck up or boring, totally not who I am. And so I was like, we got to show more faces. And that's kind of how I got started. Oh, we have to talk deeper about that. I see Tamika is on the line. <laughs> I just I speak it. Um, but I'm glad you're here, Tam. Vivian, as somebody who is actually a lawyer, a black female lawyer, why is it that there's so few of us in that field? And we all have our speculations, I'm sure, Tamika and Neek. But this is somebody who's actually in it. What say you? Oh, wow. I feel like this is a very difficult question to answer. And it's crazy because it has definitive answers, and then I think it has philosophical answers. I hate saying that. But um, the definitive answer is law is expensive. And just like, you know, other expensive things that, unfortunately, the black population who, as a general whole, don't have the uh, larger amounts of money in society, it's a lot of money to put into it to even get to the stages um, of being attorney. You don't get exposed to it as much. There's a negative connotation around the legal profession when it comes to black folks and, and black America. Um, I find black people to be some of my hardest clients. Um, and it is just not a can you repeat that? world of you repeat that again? Black people <laughs> is the what? <laughs> I find them to be some, every, some of my hardest. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. Amen, amen, amen. When I tell you, I can concur and second that motion. Amen, again. I love y'all. Thank you. You know, 
<laughs> and then, you know, I think the other thing is that, unfortunately, in this world, and it's actually one of the reasons why at first I didn't want to do this profession, um, so many people think negatively about lawyers, like, period. Just the generality of law is, like, slimy. Um, I have been called lie lawyer before because it's like a joke that you're a lawyer, but, and so you lie automatically simply by being one. Um, you know, they think it grimy. Um, and I also think because it is extremely sexist. Um, it is. Just the fact that it's 80% white male should tell you that it's extremely sexist. So I think that's one of the biggest um, levels of reasons why, and I think because of all the things that black women are already bearing, not wanting to go into a profession that could cause severe burnout quickly is probably another thing, and that's when I say the philosophical portion comes in. So I, I have an opinion about that. I think everything that you said is true. Um, being male, white male dominated for so long is just like anything else that they've done versus, you know, whether it's Wall Street or what have you, when it's that way, they want it to stay that way. <laughs> so um, it's that segment of it. And then, as you said, the difficulty comes in our own community where you want to serve, you know, you would like to help us, but we don't want to help ourselves. So um, you say retainer, and, you know, people think you're talking about what's going your braces. No, ma'am. This is... <laughs> This is the real deal, okay? Like, I went to school, I went to school again and again, you know what I'm saying? So, like you said, the expense, the expertise, I think it's something, even as a black female, it's something you really got to want to do, because you got to put that time and money into that before you even get to where you are. That's a true, true, true commitment. And I think part of the reason why it's, the 5% for the blacks and even less for the women is because of that reason. We don't know how to commit. We don't know how to complete community college. We don't know how to stay in our marriages. So all these factors, it just it just adds to the fact of why there's so many less people like you. So I applaud yeah. you for sticking with it and, and trying to be that voice um, and, you know, to work with us and, and understanding that, you know, we, we need some help along along the way. Absolutely. I think the more we learn about it, the more we feel comfortable in legal spaces, the better off black Americans are going to be, too, because the law touches everything. I say that all the time, and I don't think people quite understand what I mean when I say that, but I, I mean the law covers everything, everything single thing that you have touched or done in this world, there is some legal component to it. And people think, oh, I just work in toys or I work in arts or I work in a soft skill like like a cashier. Um, all of that is controlled in the legal perspective. All of that, every single thing you touch, it's not just the big corporations and businesses. The law is everywhere. It's a sneaky little thing. Um, sometimes you didn't even know it's there. You fly your planes. It's there. You, there's rules and regulations. That's a lawyer. Um, it may sound like that shouldn't be a lawyer because all you see is suits. I know. Everybody loves suits. I like suits, too. I'm not going to pretend. But <laughs> everybody thinks that's, Baby, that's my 
Everybody thinks that's like the only place where lawyers are, like courtrooms. And so you have to remind them, no, 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 we're everywhere. Everything you do, when you pay for a ticket to go out of country or out of town, that was a lawyer. When you picked up your dry cleaning, there was a lawyer involved there. Um, You know, when you eat your food, go through a drive-thru. Sounds like it wasn't a lawyer there, but it was. Um, So we're kind of everywhere, um, and and I think that's the important part, too, about connecting with lawyers and lawyers who look like you. Now, Vivian, can you go more in-depth about that? Because I know that, like, even when I was researching you, I said trademark lawyer. haven't heard much of that. Of course, you know about the family lawyers, divorce lawyers, like the standard ones. But when you say... Um, going to McDonald's drive-thru, what kind of lawyer would be involved with that? Okay, so, yeah, I know, like I said, it doesn't sound um, as, as popular, but, for instance, trademark lawyers are intellectual property lawyers. So that means that for people who start businesses, the most important four that most people are aware of are your copyrights, your trademarks, your trade secrets, and patents. You've heard those mm-hmm. terms before. We call that intellectual property. And if you go farther down the line of contract, you get into business lawyers. And um, when you go to Wendy's, there had to be a real estate lawyer that got that property. And because mm-hmm. commercial property comes through lawyers, as crazy as that sounds, even though there's a real estate agent there, there's also generally a real estate lawyer. And then in order, in order for the contracts to get made so that Wendy's can have contracts for people who work at Wendy's to sign, there was a business lawyer involved. And then if you get hurt on the job, there's a workman comp lawyer involved and a personal mm-hmm. injury lawyer involved. And if by chance something breaks at Wendy's, like the, the machine breaks down and someone gets injured, now you may have a product liability lawyer. Literally, when I tell you we are everywhere, we are everywhere, down to certain things like compliance. Compliance is legally based. A lot of people in even compliance are actual licensed attorneys. Um, when the, the back of your ticket, when you see all that jargon on the back, a lawyer wrote that. That jargon didn't just come up as a surprise. A lawyer sat down and thought about some of the problems that could arise in in the air, air legal and, and, and um, flight profession and came up with rules and regulations to make it easier. That's another lawyer. And that's what I mean when I say we're literally everywhere in fashion and clothes. Fashion houses need business lawyers. Businesses need it's just so many different components that's always running. In the background, there is likely to be some legal work being done in order for anything to move. And then you have to remember that your politicians, for the most part, are lawyers. Um, So even how politics and stuff is created is through the legal perspective. This is so good. A lot of say, go ahead, Markeisha, and then I'll jump in. No, (laughs) No, you got it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I mean, I can hold off until you get done. Y'all so polite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, that, that over-talking on radio shows, it makes me cringe, and we we won't have that on this show, so so help me. But I, this is so necessary, Vivian, because um, <laughs> okay, when I think that's part of the reason why there are so many black people who aren't in a profession in the first place is because when we think of lawyers, it's in a general sense. We think of, like I said, 
you know, the two or three that are the most popular. But I thank you for breaking down that there are so many lawyers and, and anything that, is, that we can, you know, encounter on earth is a lawyer around. And so that breaks down yeah. just the, the types of lawyers that you could be. And, and this is necessary for me as well because at Howard, I have the legal students. I'm going to tell them all these places in law they can go, not that they don't know, but some just don't. So I really thank you for that. That's all I wanted to say on me. So with that, um, Nick, what were you going to uh, say, Nick? Oh, yes, I just wanted to come in and say that um, I heard recently where um, someone was saying that, like, their artwork, they was told that they didn't have to um, get it copyrighted and everything, as long as they had the logo on it, that would protect their work, where if anyone else used it, they can hit them with the lawsuit for that. And I was like, mm, no, I think you still need to go through the registry and register your work. Is that true or not? There is, okay, <laughs> let me turn on the megaphone, boys. <laughs> there is no such thing as a poor man's copyright or a trademark. Please, people especially, please, people of color next. Please let that go. It is a myth. It is a fallacy. It is it is a facade. It does not exist. Until you are on the registry, the, reg- the government and those who will allow you to help protect your brand, including your artwork, will say, nah, she didn't care that much, so we're not going to care either. This is literally how I, I like to tell things more in layman's terms, not in the legal terms. That's how they're going to respond to you. Absolutely, yes, she needs to go and get her trademark registered. It is true, it is absolutely true, that once you put your work into a medium, it has a copyright. But that is a face value copyright. It does not mean that people cannot copy you, and it only means that you will have a slither of what we call common rights laws but it does not mean that you are fully protected. So, yes, if you go and get an actual registration, now the government says, okay, you really care. Let me let me step in and help her then because she decided to put money up. And then they come in and they say, uh-uh, hold up. She said that she wanted this. And they become like your bodyguard. So, yes, yes, please go and register that work. Um, I do copyrights as well. Go and register that work. It will save you a lot of hassle in the long run. And another thing I want to throw out here that I think a lot of people are unaware of in copyright laws is that when you go and pay someone on Fiverr or if you go and pay someone on on um, one of these other sites that are out right now, anybody else other than yourself, to design your logo, you do not, and I repeat, you do not own it. You don't. You just simply paid that person for a service. If they wanted to repurpose your logo, the person who also takes your pictures, it's the same way. If anyone takes photographs of you, you don't own the photographs that they took of you, even though it is a picture of your likeness and image. It is not owned by you. If someone wanted to sell your photo to a magazine, like they recently did to one lady, a lady went viral recently because um, um, she was on the cover of a romance novel because the photographer sold her photograph um, for some for a good deal, actually, I might add. Um, and so <laughs> she was now on the cover of a romance novel and didn't know anything about it. 
That was because he owns the photo. They own the logo. They own the work. The only reason why the change of hands comes in is, guess what, a lawyer, and they write this contract called a copyright assignment agreement, and you have to go and get the actual legal rights from that photographer, that tattoo artist, that uh, that logo maker in order to own your work, or they can repurpose it or resell it at any point in any time. I think one of the most popular ones, too, dealing with copyright in that same perspective was uh, Cardi B recently got sued for the uh, for using her, her own body and the cover art of her album. She took a picture. She has a pretty decently widely known tattoo on her backside. She posted that to her cover art, and the tattoo artist sued her because she did not get copyright assignment agreement for the tattoo on her body. That is just how important legal assignments are. So, yes, please, please, please go get that copyright. And I'm glad you used the megaphone because, I mean, I say that all the time to people that I know that come to me in regards to that. And I say, no, you still will have to go and get it legalized, do the logistics, spend the money. In order to make money, you got to spend it. Go spend that money, get it copyrighted with the uh, registry or in Texas or whatever, and make it legit. And it's the same with music artists. They come to me all the time and say, well, you know what? I don't have the budget right now, so I'm going to do the poor man copyright, and they will mail themselves their music lyrics and keep it in the envelope and never open it. And I'm like, mm, yeah, but no, you still need to get that registered. Am I correct or not on that one? Absolutely correct. And as a matter of fact, if you're just putting it in an envelope, we, we don't even care. You basically just, it's like putting money in your mattress. It's not doing nothing for you. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. It's nothing. I like how you're breaking it down. (laughs) Nothing is happening for you. It's not helping you or assisting you in any way. You just literally wasted time, effort, and a stamp and cut down some more of God's beautiful trees for no reason. Because, (laughs) and the thing is, it's a national registry. So your copyright, this is the other thing I want to tell people. Please stop getting state-specific, which is not a copyright. Also, I want to throw that out there. Um, I I probably will be making some more videos about this this week. And LLC is not a copyright. It is not a trademark. The only legal protection you have with an LLC is that you started a business and can get some business benefit on your taxes for the most part. But Mm -hmm. it only protects you, too, within the state you form it. So, for instance, I formed Vivian Williams Law, LLC. That is, Vivian Williams Law protected in just the state of Florida. Or actually, let's go to my show. I did As the Law Turns. That's the name of my show, As the Law Turns. I did As the Law Turns, LLC, and I protected it in the state of Florida with an LLC. But guess what? If someone in Michigan wanted to form As the Law Turns, LLC, they can. If, if I had not gotten a trademark. I have a trademark. Don't test me. So the thing is, the <laughs> of course trademark you do. now. <laughs> so okay. yeah, so it would only be in Florida. So then, what would happen is someone in Michigan can use my name, and rightfully so. But because I went and got a trademark, now I have protected that name in all fifty states. So I check my mark every couple of months to make sure nobody's, you know, trying to test my patience. And I said, okay, you know, nobody's got it. Because if you do, then comes that beautiful nice um <laughs> that says, stop it. 
Don't do that. Don't do that. And so, yeah, that's what I mean when I say protection because those state trademarks are only going to protect you in the state. It's not going to protect you in all 50 states. A national trademark, on the other hand, or federal trademark, which is what I do, will protect you in all 50 states. Okay, so I got a question wow. because I've been I've been on that the the national site and the mark the office is in DC so um they have it where you can search to see if it's already taken correct mm-hmm. um yes. so it's kind of like I don't I guess I'd be like why do they why do people still do it even though they know that it's taken <laughs> um. So, but I did not know that there was a state level versus just uh, a national. I was not aware of that. I thought it was all national. No, so. no. A lot of states have their own ability for trademarks, and, yes, that's decent protection. But if you know that you're going to be doing things in multiple markets, just go and get a federal trademark. It will cost you less money in the long run. And also, it's because people be reckless out in these streets. That's why that's why they test people. They see it, and they be like, oh, maybe they won't get bad at me. You know how many times Coca-Cola and Barbie had to cease and desist this year? They was like, really? We are Barbie. What did you expect? Um, so, yes, I don't know why people do it, um, but I do know that you must keep up with it on your own. So trademark protection is a little different from other protections. Um, If you don't monitor it, the government's not going to do it for you. And if you continue to let someone use it, then the government might say, hey, you didn't seem like you cared enough, so, you know, we're not going to bother them because you don't let them stay around for a long period of time. That can also become a possibility. Mm. Be your own best advocate. Am I giving am I giving away too much for free? I'm joking. I'm no. Joking. <laughs> oh, that's free. Because they're giving away on TikTok, so I mean, you you doing more in depth than TikTok. <laughs> she charged. She charging. I gotta go. Mm-mm. <laughs> I ain't got no extra money, honey. Mm-mm. I do. Yeah. I do have a question. I do. I got one more question. Can I go on the free on the free um, pro bono? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh, my God. See, see, now I'm the law here for. 
Listen, now I don't know if you know on on the opening of my show, I say we a little hood. I say that right on the opening act. So it's just, it's a we are a little hood. I got to tell you that. Anybody who listens just know that. So when Tim asks you sort of questions, you've been warned. Listen, guys, anybody who's on the call queue, I see you. Thank you so much for your listenership. Press the number one if you have a question or a comment. If you're listening via the link and you want to call in and ask a question or get in on some of this knowledge Vivian is giving out, dial us at 515-605-9376. Vivian, it was so funny when I saw you on another podcast when you had to stand before the, um, a judge and a little bit of your hood came out because <laughs> you said what had happened was tell that story okay <laughs> to the judge. <laughs> so this is how I like to say that I am teaching the next generation that lawyers aren't stuffy. Um, the, you know, I got help from the lawyer accidentally. Um, so. I have one of my favorite judges. I will call his name here because he knows that he is one of my faves. Um, his name is Royal Zambrano, and he uh, was a circuit court. Um, at the time when I was in his courtroom, actually, he was over all the judges in that circuit, and um, and that's Volusia County. And I was new in front of him. Um, had only like a, I wasn't new like a baby lawyer. I was just new to felony court, which means I did higher crimes that could now send people to prison for five years or more. Um, and so we were going over a motion, and he started to talk, and I was getting a client, and the client said, you know, something that was a little off. And I was like, you sure that's what happened? And the client was like, yes. Yeah. So I was trying to come up with a way to explain to the judge what my client was telling me. And so then my judge came back at me, and he said, well, Ms. Williams, what about this? You know, like how parents get you when they realize that they'd have caught you <laughs> and it don't make sense and they try. And, and um, a slip of the tongue happened. And I said, well, what happened? What? <laughs> and um, proceeded to, <laughs> at first I was like, oh, man, I just said what happened once and I in the room, it was two other black ladies who were the clerks, and they just looked up at me and started laughing. And I was like, oh, no. Um, but at that point, I'd already said it, so I had to own it. <laughs> and so, gracefully, my judge didn't ask me to repeat anything and heard the remainder of my argument. But, yes, I've had a few moments on the record where I've, uh, where I've, I've been a little less than um, Latin-y with some of my words. Wow, and you in Volusia County? Lucky. <laughs> I'm down here in Florida as well, so when I heard you say that in my Keisha Saints Florida earlier, I'm like, okay, I want to work hard. Yep, yep. But now I know. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty fun for me. <laughs> my judge didn't scold me. Um, I was glad he, he didn't scold me. Um, he was very nice about it, and um, he just kind of smiled, like, okay, she's she coming up that way, but... It was nice to kind of, the craziest part is when I often tell that story, I tell that story to not only say, hey, you don't have to be the traditional lawyer, but I also tell that story because because of that mistake, I feel like it gave me my groove, if that makes sense. It kind of broke the ice and made me realize that I could really hone in. Um, 
because I was so nervous. I was so nervous to make a mistake. I was so nervous to do things that I think I wasn't doing as good of a job as I could have done because I wasn't relaxed enough to do the job. And that just kind of shattered the ice for me. It broke everything out. The fear kind of left because at that point, what else could I now say <laughs> that could be worse than what had happened was <laughs> on the record uh-huh. a room full of people to my judge. So, yeah, it, it, it kind of helped me out a little bit. I'm glad it happened in, in the long run um, in hindsight. I don't think they would have let you slide with that one in Circuit 10 down here in Polk County. They would have looked at you like, uh, excuse me? Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. Oh, no. Not in Polk. <laughs> Not in Polk. <laughs> Not down here. No, no. Polk would have been like contempt, Miss Williams, and I'd have had to plead for my life. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You already know. <laughs> I can imagine um, your, the law that you do now, trademark law, is different in other ways than you mentioned earlier because you were you did criminal law. That requires more, I hate to use the word fighting, but isn't that you have to defend and prove your client to be innocent? And you're not doing that as a trademark lawyer. Do I have this correct? Yes, yes, you are correct. So, yes, criminal law is basically keeping people out of jail. Um I mean, that's the easiest way to explain it. Um, I keep people from going to prison and or jail. And, yes, it is extremely different. It is an uphill battle. Uh, crazy enough, I just had this this conversation with a state attorney friend of mine. We were like, which job is harder? And he said his job was harder, of course. I said mine was harder. And it was because you have to build the case from the bottom up. Most times the defendant is starting as the underdog. I'm literally the underdog in the fight every single time. Um, society generally automatically thinks police officers are correct. They think that the state attorneys would be bringing this case most times if the person really hadn't done it. Um, they look at defendants or criminals. How many times have I answered the question of, why do you represent criminals? Oh, wow, how do you do that? And so I I do. I have to fight from the bottom up and claw my way up like the underdog. Um and, yes, it is a bit of a debate between me and the state attorney um, sometimes. I, I'm just going to go on the record saying this. Um, we're not um, always mean, I would say, to each other and actually get a lot more done when we're when it's, like, friendly fighting. Um, but, yes, it does require some form of debate, I would say, and a little, a little contention. Um, but, yes, trademark law is not as much that way unless, unless you get to trademark litigation. So there are trademark lawyers who go to court. Um, Those are the lawyers who represent the big cases when infringement happens, when someone does test someone else's trademark. And then um, it gets into a big heated battle and you have to go to court or something for it. Um, That is a little contentious. I do not do that part of trademark. I only do the registration and sort of paperwork portion of it. Um, and that is all between another difference between lawyers. So um, there are, you have not just civil and criminal lawyers, which means that in the criminal aspect, people can go to jail or prison. In civil law, you're only paying money, so it's the monetary um, um, damages that gets that gets done. But then there are also something called transactional lawyers and litigators, and those are the two bigger. Um, um, pools of lawyers. 
A litigator is a person who's more like me, who goes to trial more, who's generally in front of a courtroom, generally in front of a judge, generally going um, before the presence of a jury, generally having to do more of that sort of debative portion. Those are litigators. Those are the talkers of the legal profession. Um, those are the ones who like me. I'm just going to say it, like me or love me, because you're going to like me or love me. You can't hate me. Um, <laughs> is that um, I like to talk, so I am not as much a transactional lawyer as I am a litigator. So that's why I still do criminal law, um, because the transactional side that I do is the paperwork side. So there's a lot of lawyers who, like I mentioned before, is compliance. Those are the writers. Um, those are the ones who tend to write the motions. They tend to do the background work, the, the work that, as we were talking about before, you don't even realize they're in because they're in the background. Um, those are transactional lawyers, and they tend to be the quieter group, um, the group that doesn't like being on stage as much. They're not the suits group. Groups are the ones, you know, like me, that get put on things, but the, the transactional ones. So that's sort of the major difference. There's not as much um, – I guess if you were a trademark litigator, you would have more more court. But I don't do trademark litigation. I do trademark in the transactional arena. Um, when I want to litigate, I go to criminal law. <laughs> so you're practicing both right now? Yes, yes. So um, instead of dropping criminal law altogether, I decided to just add the trademarks and the copyrights on. Um, and so, yes, ma'am, I still practice criminal law because I kind of like it. Like I said, I like I like the – the talking part. I, I was a theater major for seven years, so it's it's nice for me. So you have left brain and right brain qualities. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> theater being the right brain, I would say. <laughs> I need her number on speed dial. <laughs> I need it on it's for the, speed it's for the transactional part. It's for the transactional part. I got it. It's for the transactional part. Okay. We did. Yeah. 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 No, it's for the criminal part for me. I'm going to save you on my phone. Then I say for both. Yes, ma'am, for both for criminal. Because I almost got into it today with that that road rage almost came out. I said, wait a minute. Hold on. Okay. I just saw what was going to happen before it happened, and I can't do that. (laughs) I can't do that. But, yes, I need that number on speed now. <laughs> See, and Vivian, I know oh, you no. have people like just like me who you know they did something and you still got to defend them, and it's you be just probably shaking your head like, Lord, I got to just get through this. It's that's the part. <laughs> I, I know you did that, Queen of Hearts. I know you did it. You know, I go I go ahead and defend your black ass. <laughs> oh, do you have proof? Do you have proof? Do y'all have every dog? Do I have proof? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play the fifth to the end. I don't know who was there. I didn't see. I didn't hear. What? There was no camera. Burn the proof. <laughs> Attorney client privilege. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, no, you're good. You're good. I'm just going to, you know, just going to keep using that Fifth Amendment. But you're good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. yes, what are my favorite things? Second Amendment. 
consecutive. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. you say that one more time? No, I say Fifth Amendment and Second Amendment. And I'm going to use the Second Amendment because Grady Judge said I can use it. He said I can use it. He's our sheriff down here. And he said, use it. I'm going to use it. And I'm going to use that in court until Grady Judge told me to. Oh, wow, wow. Um, yes. Well, that's, that second is good for, you know, something, something. The fifth, though, the fifth, you have to be, the, the, the fifth, you got you to gotta learn how, it's, it's, I did a video on this before, too. you you got to learn how to be quiet with the fifth. I exactly. That, <laughs> a lot of people forget that part. Not sure. Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor, say, see no evil, hear no evil. I didn't see, I didn't hear. I wasn't there. I, I identify <laughs> as invisible. I wasn't there. That's what I'm saying. I identify as invisible. I wasn't there. <laughs> Your pronouns are who and where? <laughs> I don't believe that I have. 
Oh, so it's a it's a taco franchise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're in a lot of states, mostly I think on the East Coast. But um, my question is, my friend wants to trademark her restaurant as District Cuban, right? And she went to the trademark, um, and they told her that she could not use district because she lives in D.C., which is the District of Columbia. And they said she couldn't have district in her name. And she's like, there's so many other businesses of district in it, it's not even funny. So what should she do? I can definitely tell you why they said no. Um, Because there is a trademark rule that says if your name is merely descriptive, it's not enough to protect it. So basically, if you call it an apple an apple, that's why Apple Computers became such a distinctive name. Because computers technically are not an apple, thereby you can't say it's a description of a computer. But if it was called computer, then it wouldn't have gotten trademark protection. So being that District of Columbia and district is kind of like a description. Yeah, we know you're in the district. Um, yeah. That would, that's a tougher one than this phone call is going to allow, let me honest with you. Um, that's when she's going to have to sit down with the trademark attorney and kind of revamp what she could do there. Um, and I will say that it's probably it could also be how it was filed. So there are certain little things you can say when you're describing a trademark too that kind of makes them think you're using it more for a descriptive purpose than you may be using it, and that could be one of her bigger hindrances. Then I'm guessing, and this is a general question, and this is hypothetical and has absolutely nothing to do with me legally representing anybody. I forgot to say that at the beginning. I am not your attorney <laughs> at all. Yes, you are. Um, we do yes, not have are. a legal representative. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, everything I say here is purely educational purposes. Um, so, yes, I think she would really have to sit down with, a, with an actual trademark lawyer to hash that out since she has already gotten the opposition from the office. But, but I can kind of see where that came from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And my last question um, is, um, as the, I don't forget, I didn't say how long you've been doing this, but so how much of the work do you actually do? Because, like, I'm pretty sure you have some type of assistant or something. I do a large part of my work, actually. You do? Okay. I do. Um I still file. Um, I still do the searches. Um, I still do the memos. I like to know what people's businesses are. Like, it's always amazing to see what people's beautiful brains have thought up. Um, mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. I don't always set my own calendar. Um, and if I do, I'm bound to overlap. God help me. I had one this morning. Um Yes, yeah. That's another reason why um, lawyers are scared too. We work on weekends. I was working today. Um, yes. So I mean, I do. I think a, a decent part of my. I don't do everything. That's true. You are correct. I don't do everything. 
but I do a decent part. Okay. Um. So I, I definitely want to plug as the law turns. First of all, that's a, such a great play on words. Love it. When I first heard it, I said, oh, that's good, because my show is also a play on words, intro and info. Um, let's talk more about that. What made you want to start the podcast? I think you you implied that it was the, the Facebook Live that inspired you to go into the podcast. Yes, yes, that's actually really what it was. I had no idea to try it at first, um, and then um, my other legal friend, she was like, you know, I want to do something from this because maybe we can help. And I was like, you know what, you got a point. Maybe we can figure out how to do something here. And I said, well, I like to talk. Because she was like, I want to start a Facebook group, and you could be on my board, so I am on the board. But I was like, but I want to talk. I like to talk. And, and, you know, even though I know some people say you talk too much, I'm like, well, I get paid for it, so whatever. Um, <laughs> I said, let's, let's make a podcast and a YouTube channel out of it. And YouTube, you know, was a big thing then. And I kind of wanted to, you know, stand out in a way. And that was kind of how it started. And like I said, just kind of showing that we are here. We are. We're here and we're different and we're here to stay. And we are not um, as stuffy, as you can hear by this conversation tonight, we are not all buttoned up and talking as if, you know, we came from. And I'm, I'm not going around constantly saying it race ipsa or things like that. As a matter of fact, I honestly do not remember most of the Latin terms from law school. <laughs> um, so I just, I'm like a regular person. I, I do things pretty, you know, normally. Um, even with judges, we, we talk normally. Like this is a conversation, you know, I could have with the judge, you know, for you know, even in court that, there are some arguments to be made. I've, I've often joked that sometimes you just got to call a spade a spade, even in court. I have to say, well, you know, I know he's not perfect, but we're not here to be perfect. Um, and if anyone was perfect in the world, we probably wouldn't be here. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of, like, portions of that that really made me want to say, hey, we're here. And, and it's a lot of people of color that could be really good at this if they just knew that it wasn't as stuffy or as hard as it looks. Is it difficult? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, I have to train every couple of years, too. Like, I don't stop learning. It's a requirement that we constantly learn about the changing laws. Um, it, you keep expending money because you're always paying for associations and groups and trainings. Um, every three, two to three years, we have to go through a series of 40 to 30 hours worth of different trainings and classes in person um on the internet online it's a constant that it's a constant um thing that's happening i don't want to say battle because i would consider it that and so yes i I want people to know even though something to it it can be done and we can put more of us in it and i think more of us need to be in it because we need more people who look like us that can have this kind of conversation that can use colloquial terms and things that we understand to break it down, mm-hmm. like like how many people would have really broken down what I said to y'all today about? Let me, let me, it's not that way. Like if you have someone else who may not know how to say to you, stop doing that, or like the poor man's trademark is a joke. It's a facade. Like I'm just I'm gonna be straightforward with you. It doesn't work. Um, you are literally putting all of your your money because and the reason why I say putting the money in a mattress is because when you put the money in a mattress, it's not earning you interest. 
it's not it's going to be that same inflated dollar in a year, and the sad part is it's going to be less. Inflation is a jack, and it's going to take everything from you. So that's the same thing you're doing with a copyright because you can make money off of trademarks. You can make money off of copyright. And you just put it in a drawer and was like, no, I don't want the money because I'm too afraid to utilize current money. Vivian, thank you for agreeing to do this interview. I just want to take a few seconds to just dote on you as a fellow black woman and for you to be such a humble person who is a black woman studying two areas of law. I admire that. And I told you, um, and everybody knows a lot of my power students listen to this show who are in school for legal communication. So may they be inspired. May they know that there are people in the field that are practicing successfully and look like us and are the same gender as us. And that law is not said as hard or as stuffy as it is perceived to be in the world. So I just want to say hats off to you. May the Lord continue to bless your journey. Um, I would love to stay in touch. You were just uh, phenomenal. I do want in these last two minutes for you to tell people how to be able to reach out to you, maybe somebody wants to start a business, and make sure you um, let people know where you practice because this is a nationwide and sometimes international show. Let them know. And then any nuggets of wisdom or advice that you can impart, please do at this time. Okay, so everyone, my socials on all of the socials, from TikTok um, to Instagram to Facebook are pretty much all the same. It's Vivian, W-E-S-Q. Um, you can find me on all the social platforms, and that is where I give away a lot of little nuggets that I have or do cute little fun stories. Some are not as fun, but I tell stories about the law. Um, and I do answer and respond to my messages. Um, I will also say that you can find me on my website at vwilliamslaw.com. That's V as in victory, Williams, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S-L-A-W.com. Um, um, and I answer those as well. And um, I am currently working in conjunction with another firm called the Davis Law Group as well. You can call me there um, or contact me there. And that's where I do my criminal law stuff. Um, and as my nugget. I just, and I know this sounds extremely cliche, but I'm going to keep saying it until it becomes a thing in the legal profession. Be yourself. I have found that being myself has been the greatest weapon in a way, um, but also the greatest blessing of my legal career is when I stopped attempting to be what I thought legal profession was and became who I was meant to be in this profession. And that was myself, um, all of me, with the what had happened was and the colors in my suit, um, the braids in my hair, and um, I think it made me better for it. Wonderful. Thank you, Vivian, for this hour of your time, for being on Intro to Info. Queen of Hearts, Tam, any parting words before we head out? Yes, I'm going to be reaching out to her for real, for real, not on the criminal part, but on the trademark and the patent for one of my artists. They really need your help. So I'll be calling you off the record, being more professional, and discussing his situation. <laughs> and with you being a volusia, you're just a I-4 to 95 trip away. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I'm in the D.C. area, and I might be calling you for those. So it's, it can go either way. 
but yes, you have been a great inspiration tonight. Um, yeah, and I just only thing I wanted to know is how you go into the courtroom, how you be dressed, because I know you know I watch too much TV. So, do you <laughs> carry your little Birkin bag or whatever? Yes. <laughs> Actually, mine is, I hate to say it, I've been wanting Teflon forever, but mine is a yeah. Mark Jacobs tote right now. Yeah, mine is a Mark Jacobs tote right now because I can't seem to ever catch Teflon when it's Teflon time. But, yeah, I, I mean, I do. And then I wear color more often than a lot of other people wear. Like, I know people say in the browns and the blues and the blacks. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I wear yellow and pink. Yeah. <laughs> Represent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Legally blonde. She saw legally blonde and said I'm stepping out of the norm and I'm changing my own path. Go, girl. I like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. this is a bright, a bright little spot in the courtroom is probably. <laughs> this has been so fun. You guys, you tune in to Intro to Info. It's every Saturday, 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the J. King Network. Get in touch with Ms. Uh, Vivian Williams Esquire. Hope you learn some things. See you next week. Thank you. You know. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.